0: Amen. So God is good all the time. time. So how many of you are completely satisfied with every area of your life? Shoot, I was hoping for somebody to switch places. (laughs) Not happening. No, none of us are completely satisfied with every area of our lives. Why? don't know? Let's let's see if we can figure that out today. Truth is, all of us, at one time or another, feel like something is missing. Whether we acknowledge it or understand it or not, we've all had days that just seem incomplete. John 10.10, Jesus talking, he says, "'The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy.'" I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Right? That's rejoicing news in itself. Right? The pastor has said this many times. If you have questions about your theology, it's simple. Good God, bad devil. Keep the two separate. Good God, Bad devil, steal, kill, destroy, abundant life, fullness of life. So what does a full life look like, though? Right? What is a full life? I have a good job, I have a couple of hobbies, a wife that I get along with, two kids that tolerate me, and a dog that's finally house-trained. That's a full life, sort of. I have a few friends that I get together with once in a while. I'm in good health. All my physical needs are met. What more could I hope for? If you look around at somebody who has these things, you would think they have a pretty full life. Nothing is missing, as it were, in the appearance of it. Well, if you want to live a shallow, superficial, meaningless existence, you don't need anything other than those things. But even with all these things, I guarantee you that something is missing. Deep down inside you, there's an emptiness, a void that somehow needs to be filled. And many people don't know what it is or how to fill it. It's called purpose. We can have all the things, but if we don't have purpose, it's meaningless. It's the answer to why are we here? And it's found in everyone, or it's missing from most people, from highly motivated, driven business people to the hapless individual who couldn't care less. The one who is driven and motivated to achieve and to earn is motivated by something he doesn't understand often. There's something missing in my life, and this is something I can do to try and fill that hole. And I work, 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 and I work. And at the end of the day, I come home and I still feel empty, like something's missing. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got the person living in the basement doing nothing. They have a job, but at the end of the day, they come home and they sit there and they play video games or eat popcorn or whatever and don't care about anything. They have no purpose. They have no meaning for their life. Something's missing. And we can expend our energy to rise to the top of whatever ladder we're climbing, only to realize we're exhausted and empty. The key to unlock that purpose, the key to the full life that Jesus talks about, is found in that personal relationship with him. I'm not just talking about saying that little prayer that gets me to heaven one day. It's more than that. I'm talking about a life surrendered. About a life fully committed and submitted. About daily being filled with the Holy Spirit. Seeking his plan and purpose for every day. We have the Holy Spirit. When we're born again, when we accept Christ, when we accept his sacrifice... Holy Spirit takes up residence within us, right? It's the promise of God. It's a deposit from God of things to come. We have the fullness of God. Everything that God is living inside of us by the Holy Spirit. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness We have all of his promises that we can rely on. We have his word that cannot fail. And yet sometimes at the end of the day, we look in the mirror and we say, what happened? What happened to this day? Why do I feel unfulfilled even though I have all this good stuff? I believe it has a lot to do with which promises we're holding on to. There are promises of God. Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Too many times we stop after prosper you. right? And we get comfortable in our society... With the stuff that we have. And we forget our purpose. We forget to hope for the future. What's there to hope for when we have everything? More. Religion would say, you have enough, you shouldn't hope for more. That's not what my Bible says. Right? Abraham was wealthy beyond wealthy, and God said, I'll give you even more. It's not about the stuff, though. That's the thing. We stop at the stuff in our society. We get comfortable. And, (laughs) And we forget about the hope, and we forget about the future. What are we doing? What are we hoping for for our future? What does the future look like? What is God's plan for my future? What is God's plan for the future generations? How am I preparing for future generations? Right? And that's what we need to step into. We have all the things. We're comfortable. Our Western culture, we're so insured we don't need God. We have so much stuff, we don't need God. And yet we need God more than many other places. We were in Africa a month and a half ago. They don't have the stuff, but they have God. And they're excited about God. But are we excited about God's promises, all of them, or just the ones that make me comfortable? The ones that say, I'll provide all your needs. The ones that say, I will bless you. But there's other promises too. Are we living in the fullness of God's plan? Are we living in the hope of the future? Are we nearsighted? Or do we push on for more? Do we activate our faith and say, God, there's more. I am well off, but I can do so much more for others. I have energy. I have ambition. I have ideas. I know people that need. I know people that need finances. I know people that need health. I know people that need Jesus. Oh, there's more than my comfort, right? My comfort stops before other people need. And often we stop at those promises and we don't look at the hope that others have or are hoping for that we have, right? So are we looking at the promises that make us uncomfortable? Well, which promises make us uncomfortable? Psalms 2 verse 8 says ask of me and I shall give you the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession money goods comfort it passes away right you make a couple of wrong decisions and all your wealth is gone that fast But the Holy Spirit inside of us is eternal. The hope of eternity for those around us is eternal. The healing that is in the name of Jesus is eternal. It can't be affected by our goods or our wealth or our status or our job. It's greater. The promise that God makes, the promise that the heathen will be our inheritance. What does that mean? When we get to heaven, there's a reward waiting for us. And in that reward, are all the ones that we influenced for the kingdom. That's our inheritance. Yes, it's good to have abundance here. It's good to have affluence. But we need to use it right. It needs to be subjected to the sovereignty of God. Ask of me and I will give you the... Heathen as your inheritance. What does that mean? God, my neighbor needs Jesus. Give me an opportunity to share your love. Give me an opportunity to pray for somebody today, God. Give me an opportunity today, God. And then you will find that fulfillment. That completeness. See, whenever you go through a day and you ignore Holy Spirit prompting you, there's a piece, I'm going to call it a piece of sludge, for lack of a better description. There's a piece of sludge that just kind of takes a spot in your heart. And at the end of the day, it builds up and it builds up. And if you haven't been obedient to the Holy Spirit, you feel like the bottom of a barrel of sludge. It just kind of weighs on you. When you're obedient to the Holy Spirit, when you follow His promptings, it's just a river of life. We have that river of life. In prayer this morning, it came up trouble the waters. Holy Spirit within us is that pool, that pool of Bethesda where the man's lying there, John 5. The man's lying beside the pool and Jesus comes and says, do you want to be healed? He's been crippled for his life. And the man says, I can't get into the pool because nobody helps me. And Jesus said again, do you want to be healed? Eventually the guy says, yes, I want to be healed. He says, okay, get up. We have that pool, that life giving water inside of us. We need to trouble that water. I need to trouble that water inside of me so that when I meet somebody that needs Jesus, it's already stirred up and ready to deliver. I can't be satisfied with comfortable. My faith isn't built on comfortable. It takes a certain amount of faith to get all your needs met, often. But there's a point where I can do it myself. right? You get a job, you work hard, you plan and strategize, and you can do it yourself, mostly. But there's more. God wants us to stretch. He wants us to grow. He wants us to look beyond what I have now. My faith got me to this point. But if I don't grow my faith and push further, my faith is dead at that point. We need to grow our faith. We need to grow our faith financially. Be faithful with your tithes. Give when there's opportunity to give. So find other areas and then call it in. Say, God, I'm planting this seed. I'm sowing into your kingdom. Angels, go out and bring in the harvest. And when you talk to your neighbors, start with prayer. You cannot win a single person to the Lord unless somebody's been praying for them. Unless God's been calling them. Often, we are the ones that need to be praying for them. Because maybe nobody else knows them. And so we pray, we call them in. Father, call them, commission your angels to minister to them, soften their heart so that when they hear the gospel, they will respond and stretch your faith. God, who do I talk to today that needs you in whatever form? I had opportunity this week talking to a gentleman, perfect stranger. I'd seen him, I think, once or twice during the week beforehand. And he was having coffee where I was, and we were chatting. And before he went, I said, a few questions if I could. You know, if you got a minute, can I ask you something? And I just asked him, where do you stand in regards to eternity? And we chatted, I happened to opportunity to share Jesus with them. And we parted ways. I don't know what is going to come of it, but the seed's been sowed and the Holy Spirit is working. But it was a simple little thing. It was an obedient thing. And you know what? I was completed. It was fulfillment. Right? We don't need to see the big results. We just need to do the little things that Holy Spirit asks of us. But we need to stretch our faith, and that's how we stretch our faith. We grow, and we call it in. Those heathen, those that are lost, Father, let that be my inheritance. Church, let that be our inheritance. Those around us that need Jesus. John 14, verse 12, Jesus says again, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. What did Jesus do? He ministered to the lost and the broken. He destroyed the works of the devil. He broke down strongholds. He broke down barriers. He destroyed rejections. He destroyed discrimination. He healed the broken. Right? Physically and spiritually. Let's reach out our faith. Let's say, Father, who do I come across today that needs a touch from Jesus? How can I release your power in this world today? And pray for people. Just... Who cares about results? Just pray for people. Let God deal with the results. Let's do greater things. Because we have Holy Spirit. We can offer salvation. We can offer eternal life. We can offer healing. We can offer restoration. Wholeness of spirit and body and mind. But it all comes when we reach beyond where we are now. It's easy to just walk by people that are different or hurting and broken. Somebody somewhere had done a test, a university, and they had a group of a hundred people, students. It was a, a seminary college, whatever. A group of a hundred students. And they were all supposed to give a lecture on the Good Samaritan. And they were supposed to be at a certain destination, at this venue, at a certain time. Well, the organizers of this event, they hired an actor to portray this wounded traveler. And he lay on the street along the path that these students had to take to get to their venue. And they wanted to see how many would stop and help this person. And as the day progressed, they moved him closer and closer to the door. So much so that the students had to step across him to get into the building. And 10% of the people that were on time for their meeting stopped to help. talking about the good samaritan and then they changed the time schedule they had one group actually sorry one group that was late and one group that was early and most of them just walked by the ones that had extra time they stopped and helped i think 70% stopped and helped but the ones that were late or barely on time walked right by or stepped over the man in order to give this lecture on the very topic that they were experiments in. What do we do? Will we do the things Jesus did? Will we press for greater things? What is our faith activated by? Trying new stuff. Right? We don't grow our faith by staying where we were. We will never do greater things if we don't do greater things. Father God, thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for your spirit. Thank you for that living water that's inside of us, Father. Give us opportunities. Prepare our hearts to minister to those around us, Father, that we can grow each other, that we can grow your kingdom, that we can heal the broken and reach the lost. Father, trouble the waters within us. Stir it up within us. Stir up our faith. Stir up our obedience, Father. And give us a heart for the lost and broken.